This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Thursday was one of those days where the attention span was off the rails because of the bouncing back and forth. It felt like a football Sunday with playoff baseball games mixed in and all that because it was that kind of day. I woke up at the crack of noon. I'm watching all the golf. I'm watching my guy Patrick Reed do his thing. JT had a great start. I was all giddy to see Phil with back-to-back birdies, and then he just went right down the tubes and basically put together a line that I would expect to see, you know, from yours truly at Silver Lake. I mean, basically, if you're going to compare it to what, you know, the rest of the field was able to do on Thursday, that's how bad it got for Phil Mickelson. But I had all the golf in the afternoon. That put me in good spirits. Then I go for my run. Good run, three miles, good sweat, not a whole lot of sun. Felt good. And then I came back into the apartment, and I'm like, wow, I got a whole lot of sports to watch. And it was one of those nights where you had the two baseball games going on. You had the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA going on. You had the Islanders going on. And then you had Thursday Night Football with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. It was the sort of day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that I was dreaming about back in, like, May or June. And... When we were doing shows, when we had a whole lot of nothing to talk about, doesn't it put a big fat smile on your face? Even if your team maybe did not get the result that you wanted, to know that we had all this going on right here in the middle of September with the way 2020 treated us for the first five, six months, yeah. We needed, as sports fans, nights like Thursday night. And I was like, Trying to think about where to start the show because, I mean, I I, I could go 10 different directions and there's no wrong direction and we're going to get to everything, but I'm going to start here. I want to salute, I want to applaud the New York Islanders. I know they end up falling short against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Even after scoring first, even after giving up a ton of shots on goal, even with some chances in the third period, even with Brock Nelson having a chance, you just got the sense, you just had the feel, all series, that Tampa Bay was better. And that was really the sense I got going all the way back to game number one. I'm not the least bit surprised the Islanders ended up losing this game. But you know what I learned about their program? They fight. They fight. 
They fought coming back when the NHL restarted. They had to win an additional round in the postseason. They win a game seven against Philadelphia. They win two overtime games, including one where you face elimination. And oh, by the way, in game six, they force another overtime. That is a hallmark to Lou Amarillo and Barry Trotz's squad. It's not the result that I'm sure many of you were looking for. But hats off to the Islanders for finding their way to Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think as long as they have this brain trust in place, they're going to continue to have success. Will it take them to the top of the mountain? Eh, that remains to be seen. But there's something to be said when you've been a losing franchise for a long period of time. Sustained success. It matters. And you appreciate it more dealing with, you know, all those lousy years. Season after season, it just went by the boards. So I want to applaud the Islanders. Close but no cigar, but a good effort against Tampa. Now we get to Thursday Night Football. And I got to say, even though his team ended up losing the ball game, and this was a get-right spot for the Cleveland Browns offense. It was a get-right spot for Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr. made a couple plays. Chubb and Kareem Hunt ran all over Cincinnati. The fact that Cincinnati was even in this game and had a chance at the end of this game to find a way to sneak a backdoor cover, for those of you who are interested, I was a little giddy about that, not going to lie. Others, I feel your pain. I've been there before. But this was one of those games I feel like I got away with one by picking Cincinnati. They had no business covering. But my takeaway from watching this game was simple. Joe Burrow is an absolute stud. Yes, he threw the ball 60 times. Yes, when you throw the ball 60 times, you're going to put up numbers. But it's just obvious two weeks into his NFL career, Joe Burrow looks like he belongs. I don't think I'm going out on much of a limb by saying that. If you watch the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The way he commands the huddle. The way he can deal with the pressure. The way he can make plays and throws on the run. Joe Burrow can flat out play. So if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, yeah, my team is 0-2. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns improved to 1-1 on the year. But that's somebody I'm excited to watch week after week after week and see how he progresses and see how he grows in the NFL. And I love this attitude after the game. You know, a lot of guys throw three touchdowns, 300 yards. It's their first start on the road. They might be preaching positives. He's like, the hell with that. He's like, I'm 0-2. This sucks. I'm here to win. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear that from their quarterback? That is really cool to say. But the Browns take down the Cincinnati Bengals. And really, the drama in this game was all about the number at the end. But you have all that going on, right? Islanders going on. A Thursday night football game going on. But I think back to where we were, I don't know, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, surrounding the New York Yankees. The Yankees, a 500 team. The Yankees scuffling in Baltimore and Toronto. The Yankees wondering about Aaron Judge. Wondering about John Carlos Stanton. Wondering, would this team find their way into the postseason? 
Yeah, we took those calls. I was nervous. Now that I think they were going to make it, of course I did. But was I nervous about the way they were playing? Was I nervous about the way they looked? 1,000%. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm not going to hide and run away from this. The Yankees looked awful for about three, three and a half weeks. And it really started that Wednesday night beating the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, the reason it started that night, they haven't lost since. They made quite the statement here in this three-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays. The statement was simply this. We mean business. From the performances you got out of your starting pitching, terrific. Garcia was terrific, gave you length. Garrett Cole was terrific, gave you length. Masahiro Tanaka was not at his very best, but still against a quality-hitting Toronto Blue Jays team, gives you seven innings and three runs. Yankee pitching, to me, has spearheaded this run. But on Thursday night, that's not going to be the story. What's going to be the story for the Yankees is they have now make it eight straight. Their lineup starting to look like the Savages once again. Because up and down the lineup, relentless in attacking Toronto Blue Jay pitching. Scoring seven runs in the bottom half of the fourth inning. Homer after homer after homer after homer after homer. From Gardner to Lemayu to Luke Voigt, who now has 20 home runs on a year. John Carlos Stanton, who has come back off the injured list, and he's flat out raking. Listen, say what you want about Stanton. Yes, he's made a glass. Yes, he's incredibly frustrating. Yankees need that presence in the lineup. Presence. You add a Stanton to that lineup, it all of a sudden makes the other guys around you that much better. Torres joins the proceedings. Gary Sanchez has his first multi-hit game of the year. That's crazy to say. He has swung the bat as well as he has all year. Look, they have had the polar opposite of the week they had in Baltimore and Toronto. Now the Yankees are back to mauling people. This is what we saw the first two and a half weeks of the year. This is what we expected to see all season. And the Yankees now are in a position where you're feeling really good that they're going to hold on for second place, which to me is a big deal. You didn't want to end up seven or eight seed having to play at Toronto or excuse me, at Tampa or having to go out to the West Coast and play Oakland. But now the Yankees over the final week of the year, this home stretch, can really set their sights on trying to take down the Minnesota Twins for home field advantage with that four seed. Because they're only... Game and a half back of Minnesota. And they're even in the loss column with 21 apiece. I mean, if the Yankees are playing the Minnesota Twins, I'm going to have the utmost confidence that they're going to be successful. Because until you see the Twins beat them, it's almost impossible to make that prediction. And I know in sports, all good things must come to an end. Happens for everybody. Would you, in good faith and good conscience, want to put your money down on the Minnesota Twins to beat the Yankees? After what you've seen in the postseason over the last, I don't know, 15 to 20 years? Not me. And that's not just coming from a Yankee fan. That's coming from 
just being real, being honest with the situation. The Yankees, to quote Luke Voigt, are finally back to being the Yankees. I love that quote. We talked about it a week ago. Talked about it a week ago. I remember coming on the air saying, this is refreshing. This is awesome to hear. You know, because in this day and age, you weren't going to have Aaron Boone go out of his way to rip the team. We don't know what Brian Cashman said in that closed-door meeting, and at least the first day after the closed-door meeting didn't have success because they lost that particular night to Toronto. They lost a 2-1 to one game with Hap on the mound. Since then, they haven't lost. The healthiest they've been in a long time. And they look like a team that's rounding in the form for the postseason. You hope. Now, in a three-game series, these you know waves of momentum can dramatically shift. I totally get that. But I most certainly feel like the Yankees are back to being the Yankees. There's no longer discussion about making the playoffs. They're comfortably in that second spot, and it'll hopefully be all systems go in about 10, 11 days. And it is crazy to think about the fact that the Major League postseason, with all of this craziness and all of this excitement that has been front and center, it's ready to arrive and arrive in a big way. And it looks like the New York Yankees have finally shown up once again here in 2020. Go up and down that lineup. Relentless against the Blue Jays. And actually felt good to know that, you know what? Even with a little scare in the top half of the ninth inning, you could go and get one of your, you know, top-notch relievers some work. Because it feels like Chapman hasn't pitched it forever. He didn't pitch in any of these games against Toronto. And they had an off day on Monday. As the Yankees get ready to go up to Boston, this should be another weekend in which they get fat. Because the Red Sox, they couldn't get me, you, Mike Fliegelman, or Bob Usler out. Bare minimum, I'd expect them to go and win two out of three. I will be very disappointed if the Yankees are not playing in that 4-5 or five game. But now, I'm looking to get greedy. And when I say I'm looking to get greedy, that means getting some home playoff games at Yankee Stadium for a best of three. Would sure be going on the road. Considering you're going to have to be on the road with the bubble and the new playoff format. Anyway, we got a whole lot to get to. A good run by the New York Islanders. Close but no cigar. Losing in six to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You have a Thursday night football game. The Browns taking care of the Cincinnati Bengals. But Joe Burrow looking like a quarterback that to me over the long term, he belongs. There's just something about him. You saw it in college last year at LSU. And I think you've seen it right out of the gate. And... Yankees are back to being the Yankees. That's a beautiful sight if you root for those Yankee pinstripes. We're going to get to the Mets when we come back because they followed up their win on Wednesday with another really good win. And if you listen to Odds on Sports, you know that the Mets were one of my plays of the day. And I, for one, was not particularly happy. 3 nothing. all of a sudden turns to 4-3. to three, But the Mets go to work again against the Philly bullpen. And 
the home stretch for them continues. And I guess we're going to find out come Monday how interesting exactly it is going to be. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 